Greetings, I am your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to the second season of my Weirdest Experience podcast. This is the show of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. And it's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hi friends, thanks for listening. This is your host of the Weirdest Experience podcast, Tina Clark. I also wanted to share with you, I have my own energy healing business called Stargazing Angel LLC. I offer energy healing sessions, EFT tapping sessions, tarot readings, and I also offer classes on Reiki, shamanism, and tarot and more. If you're interested in having a session with me, please call 843-695-7218. Or you can email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. You can also check out my website, which is www.tinakinneyclark.com. That's T-I-N-A-K-I-N-N-E-Y-C-L-A-R-K-E. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I have Di Manuel here, and he is a TEDx speaker, which I did watch your TEDx episode. And he has so much of experience. He traveled the world. He's overcome a lot of health issues. And uh, we're not really sure what we're going to talk about today, but (laughs) we seem to have a lot to talk about. So I'm not really worried about that. So welcome to the show, Di. Tina, thank you. I'm honestly just feeling so honored to be here. Uh, I also love the theme of your show, you know, your podcast. I mean, you know, it's it's the kind of things that we don't normally talk about or else it comes up in sort of... uh, well, just unplanned conversations, you know, sort of the unscripted places when we open up about some of these odd experiences we've all had or navigated, right? And because uh, I always think, you know, whenever I've been going through something challenging, you know, when you're going through it, it's there's like nothing harder, right? It's like all you can see, it's like right here. And then after you get through it, you can usually see the humor in it, you know, <laughs> or at least I try to. I, I find by looking at things much more humorously, especially from my own perspective on my own issues, it just makes things a, a little bit more enjoyable and, and not so darn serious. I mean, yeah. on, we, we, I just turn on the TV every time I want serious and uh, the news own that, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but I'm honored to be here. I love your energy, by the way. I just think it's phenomenal. Oh, thank you. You too. I mean, like, you are, I can tell you're a very energetic person. I mean, number <laughs> one, you talk fast. So oh, that's just you know, the Canadian in me, I guess. <laughs> is it? Do Canadians talk fast? 
I grew up in Toronto, uh, which is a little bit more faster paced uh, than the rest of Canada. It's, it's really interesting yeah. how Toronto is, but a uh, small rural community outside of Toronto, I should say, but uh, I had a lot of family. So I was in Toronto quite a bit and uh, they tend to, to, to talk a little bit faster. It's a sort of equated to the, the New York or LA of Canada, you know. Well, it's, it's I'm from New York Toronto. City and oh, I've yeah. trained myself <laughs> low down in everything. That's good. Good for you. Talking eating, walking, <laughs> the obsession with time, mm, with mm. like very time obsessed, looking at the clock, where you need to be. I don't wear a watch. Oh, um, yeah. And I try not to look at the time, but I still have that tendency to look. <laughs> but when I do, I go, don't look. Don't look. <laughs> it doesn't matter what time it is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I like that though. Do you find that makes you much more present and just just in the moment? I mean, yeah, but rather than thinking about what's I coming see, and what's yeah. been, you know, just sort of boom. I see clients, and um, we usually have an hour session together, but sometimes that turns into two, <laughs> and I think it's okay. You know, I think if I have extra time and I'm enjoying myself and I'm learning from them and they're learning from me. What's the big deal? Yes. You so I, I try to be very relaxed. Around time. <laughs> I think that's the way to do it, though. Like, you know, coaching, mentorship, even providing any sort of, of services around healing and clarity and, and really just busting out of our barriers at times. Uh, I, you know, it's not something I think you can really do on a set schedule. Uh, to be fair, you know, I mean, you, no. I guess you can. You can have these yeah. little focused periods of time to just really dive into it. But I find once you start making progress and you start getting into the nitty gritty, like it's, you don't want to just end it right on the nose. Oh, Hey, it's time's up. We, we you know, we'll pick this up later. You know, I mean, like it just doesn't seem yeah. right or, or yeah, natural to me. So right. I, it's I not feel a, the same way. Yeah. It's not appropriate, yeah. I think. And, yeah. and who cares? Yeah. Like I'm, I don't, I refuse to be a slave to time and you know, time is something hard to put your head around because I don't know if you meditate or, you know, if I'm doing a Reiki session, I could do so much in 15 minutes, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'll come out of it and be like that. The clock says 15 minutes, but I just went to three different places, you know, in my meditation. So it's powerful. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's just a relationship and a perspective, right? I mean, it's uh Time is interesting because it's it's not tangible. It's not like it's something that we can just grab onto, hold onto, and, and collect right. more of, right? And it and, speeds uh, <laughs> up. It slows. You know it speeds up. It slows down. And overall, I've noticed that it's sped up, right? A lot of people talk about how everything seems to be going so fast mm. now. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about you traveling the world. I mean... Oh. How many countries for how long? And well, to be fair, you know, my wife is the traveler. My wife, Christy, we've been, uh, I've been dating my wife now, like 20, almost 23 years. Holy smokes. Yeah, talk about time, right? It's like, woo, time flies and have fun. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so, you know, in our 23 years, um, well, to be fair, I, I was heading down a career path when we first met and she was still, you know, we were both in our early twenties at the time. And I was already focused on career and, and, and just 
chasing success, whatever that was. And for me back mm -hmm. then in my early twenties, it was very ego driven, right? It was, it was, I want to be the guy. I want to make the money. I want to have the flash, you know, all that stuff, which I, I just laugh at now, but that's what I believe was success. You know, I, I believe that you needed these sort of objectified things to then validate uh, my own success. At least that's what I believe in my own mind. And uh, unfortunately, you know, culturally, uh, I mean, it seems much more prevalent today, especially with social media and that influence. It, it's still uh, an issue, you know, this, this perception that we have around success and, and happiness and how it's tied to so much uh, objectivity, I think, you know, and Anyways, we'll probably get there, but th this is the nice thing. And this is sort of the, the lead up to travel, right? I mean, you want to shift your outlook on life, go experience other cultures. Mm -hmm. You know, you start to realize, holy smokes, like <laughs> I lived in bubble, you know, <laughs> like, you, you just, you get so comfortable living in a certain way and dealing with certain types of people and just, you know, going through the, the daily motions of life. And uh, my wife, she was never like that. She was always attracted to travel and she's a very much a people person. Like she just loves getting to know people and, and experiencing cultures and, and she's a slow traveler. So it's not like, oh, we'll go here for a couple of nights and then we go somewhere else. It's, it's like, oh, we'll go here for a few weeks on the light, on the, the slow side. And then maybe as long as a few months. So we can really submerse within that culture and get to know people, some of the, the, the norms within that society, really sample what it's like to live there, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and see things uh, often through the eyes of the locals as well. We, we often try to, to source uh, tour guides, you know, or people that can take us around that have been there for their life. And we find those individuals can often take you down paths you normally wouldn't go with the tour buses and, and the the more regimented tour guides uh, yeah. or, 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 and so you know my wife dripped on me a lot because I, I managed to convince her to stay and you know and we started having kids fairly early in our relationship which again gave us belief that we just need to set a foundation set roots down and mm -hmm. she put her passion for travel on the back burner you know to, to allow me the space to really go after what I was going after but her passion never waned. It was always there. And uh, with the, the creation of podcasts, uh, you know, there was those daily deposits she could get uh, from stories and, and people experiencing other cultures, uh, especially she was really becoming fascinated with this digital nomad type of way of life and, and the traveling family way of life. Like when you start to go down those paths, you realize there's a massive ecosystem of people that live within that, that, that way of being. And I, I had no idea, you know, I had no idea <laughs> that it even existed. And long and short of it all, after 17 years of, uh, and especially those last, I'd say four or five years before I exited my company, um, she kept tripping on me, sending me podcasts. Oh, listen to this family. Listen to this guy. He was a CEO for a company and he basically left it all so he could be full-time experience with the family, traveling the world. And I was like, whoa, wow. Okay. Well, I'll give that a listen. Cause I was always, no way. That's not possible. I can't do that. That's pretty easy. <laughs> and you know, the confirmation bias was real. I'd always look for ways to validate my beliefs and uh, whether they were correct or not, I, I you know, espoused them as being correct. And uh, eventually it got to a place where I was like, you know what, I don't love what I'm doing anymore. You know, and I was in my mid to almost late thirties at that point, uh, just to sort of put a timeline to this, it's like seven years ago. And I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. I don't, I don't feel passionate. I don't feel fulfilled from what I'm doing. And I mean, how many people that are listening or watching this have felt that way about something in their own life, especially career path? Yes. Thank you, Tina. Me too. 
like it, it's it's a scary place to be though isn't it like because you know what you've been doing for so long like for me it was 17 years of doing that and and i believe that that was the path i was meant to be on for as long as i was going to be working this is what i'd be doing you know and yeah i i was running my my retail operation and i i loved it i did enjoy it for the time being while i was there but that passion started to change and it was also because my perspective on my own life changed and, and you know all you need to do is have your health threatened in a really um foundational way and and it will shift your perspective we see this all the time with people when they have a health scare or a health challenge it becomes very very real and yeah. you start to recognize oh quality of life and longevity and vitality are challenged here and I mean, if I only had a few years to live, and fortunately that wasn't a diagnosis like that, but if I only, if I did receive a diagnosis like that, would I still want to be doing what I'm doing right now? Well, just think that that happened to everybody the past couple of years. Yes, exactly. Yes. And how much change has come out of that. You know, it's been rough, Uh, but I feel like there's so many good things coming out of it. It's exciting to see where where we're going to go now. And you also have that faith within yourself and, and that trust within yourself that, that and I believe, I, I mean, I might be reaching here, but I just pick up on this energy from you that you just have this natural way of just not so much letting life just happen, but embracing life for what it is. Do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's, there, there comes that place where you have to almost like let go uh, of lots of our expectations. But when we do that, it's amazing what you start to take notice of, you know, at least that's what we experience. We, we like, we, we lay, okay, this is what happened. All right. So I quit my career 17 years. A month later, my wife quit hers. Two months after that, we, we <laughs> pulled the kids out of school, uh, gave away all our stuff. Um, there was some mementos and certain things that, you know, had emotional value. And for those things, we put into a storage locker and packed up our SUV and just said, okay, well, let's start going south. And, you know, we live in Vancouver, Canada. It's a, a, for those that aren't aware, it's about 90 minutes north of Seattle. Uh, so we are neighbors very close to, to the U.S. When, here in Vancouver. And our weather is just like Seattle, Pacific Northwest. I mean, it's a rainforest. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the winter, it's gray and wet, <laughs> very wet <laughs> and a little chilly, you know, not so much mm-hmm. snow, but it's just cold. And uh, so we wanted to chase the sun. And that was something that we, well, we've always loved. We love the sun. We love warm climate. And so we just started traveling south. We had no destination in mind, Tina, none. We didn't know where we were going, didn't know how long we'd be going for. We just knew we want to start traveling and, and experience life as a full-time family. So how old were your kids at this point? I'm curious. <laughs> they, one of them was almost a teen. The other one was, yeah, I guess it, they, 10 and 12, almost 11. Okay. So yeah, kind so of with the age of my kids now. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the challenge though, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you see, <laughs> they're always... Um, people in your family that like change, mm-hmm. like me and my youngest yeah. daughter, but then my husband and my other daughter, not so much. <laughs> More like homebodies, don't like yeah. to, if there's change comes around the corner for them, they've got to sit with it longer. They've got to contemplate it longer before they actually make the change. But I have to get my husband credit. I think he's used to me after like 22 years that I'm just one of these people. You know, you're right. I just embrace what comes and and I don't like schedules. I don't like the same thing every day. I get easily bored. So I think that's rubbed off on him because he's more open to change because of it. That's amazing. 
Yeah, but I mean, I love to travel. In fact, I think the number reason why I'm on this planet is to have an adventure. Whatever, oh, I like that. whatever that means, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what you know, with the latest pandemic that kind of shut everything down. Uh, but yeah. the good news is, I actually did mm-hmm. some research this morning. I said, mm-hmm. you know, what countries are opening up and getting mm-hmm. rid of their restrictions and there's like a list of 83 countries that beautiful <laughs> dropped it including canada soon mm-hmm. right? as of the end uh, of this month yes october 1 i think is yeah october of all that 1 stuff. 2022 yeah. so yeah. by the time this episode comes out it'll be a couple of months come um, on visit come on up come on up whoever's listening or watching come on up <laughs> yeah I know, I know. Uh, so well, some places in the country, like down here in South Carolina, we never really shut down for long. That's great. <laughs> we were like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. And you know, it's everyone's entitled to the, to to their to their own rights to do what they want to do. And yeah, I think we live in a, a very free culture uh, to a certain extent. And I mean, we should be allowed to have power of choice you know and um i'm not here to espouse any political views or anything along those lines you know religious or or political um but at the end of the day i think people need to be able to choose how they want to live their life you know exactly freedom that's yeah well and when that's challenged i mean rarely does anything good come from it i mean i think history has shown us that at least i hope it does and it should have and oh well you know uh oh well we're, we're moving forward and I, I'm optimistic and I can hear the optimism in your voice too, that, uh, gosh, are we finally going to get through this? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm an Please. optimist, Thank so <laughs> I can't, I can't help Me it. Too. <laughs> I can't help it. I love that. I, I, love I that just want to focus on what I want to happen, not on all the other stuff, you know, yes. somebody else can dive into the dark and get lost in it. And like, I know it's there. I acknowledge sure. it, but I'm not going to get swept over by that so tell me like a crazy thing that happened to you traveling Hmm. well I guess there was a few things uh when (laughs) my wife has just this natural optimism and just this positive outlook on life uh which at times after this many years with her it's just like come on can you just like get bummed out or get a little bit worried like sometimes like can you just like show me something here rather than just this and, and, and but it's just the way she's wired okay and uh and that's one of the things I love about her um and it rubs off on our whole family you know that that positive outlook and that, yeah. that ability to be really growth mindset oriented rather than you know fixed and and so she is very growth minded and you know there's a couple times where one one time in particular like we were in Bali and it was like time to do a visa run. And in the way Bali works is if you go in on just a, a regular tourist visa, that's typically 30 days, and then you can extend it an additional 30 or, or you can uh, pay a certain fee and you get a 60 day visa. Uh, mm-hmm. There's other ways to get visas, but normally you'll get the 60 day and then you have to leave the country and then come back in to get another one. So a lot of people will just go for a one day or one night somewhere, you know, like often to like Singapore or Kuala Lumpur, um, even some people might go to Australia, like, you know, you, you go for a flight <laughs> and then you come back, but this all takes money, takes time, uh, a little bit of resources. And, you know, the, we just got sort of me- mixed up on some of our financial positions at that time. This is going back, you know, almost uh, four years now. And we found ourselves without any money. 
in Bali, needing to get out of the country. <laughs> you know, it was a, and it's not just like it's one of us. We got our two kids with us too, and um, and and I'll be honest, you know, we we had overextended on. Uh, a credit card as well. So normally we would use that credit card for travel and then we would pay it off every month. And, but just based on how things happen, we, we were without payment. We weren't, didn't have anything coming in for a little bit. And so, I mean, I'm like, what the hell are we going to do here? Like we're, we're stressed out and, and they find you. And, and in some cases we've heard these extreme stories, they kick you out of the country and they won't let you come back, you know? Well, and, what's, what's the yeah. point of leaving the country and coming back for a day? I, I don't really uh, That's just to get a new visa. So you need a visa to stay in the country. Right, but I mean, yeah. what what's the purpose? Oh, because we were living the there. Ex- we were extended. Oh, that's just the way that they operate because they make sixty dollars US every time they have to renew. A, uh, oh, it, it's so a massive cash cow. It, it's a cash cow. Fee. Oh yeah. You, you, you know, anyone who's been in Indonesia, especially Bali, you'll you'll know it's it's all about money. Uh, so it, why it, can't it just, you just yeah. keep stay there and pay another visa fee? You have to leave the country. Why? They, they make it doesn't so make any sense. I, I believe me, there's lots of things that don't make sense, uh, especially in these countries that are, aren't quite as developed, let's just say, you know, they, they're mm-hmm. not quite as mature, especially when it comes to government and, and just the way government agencies operate. Uh, it, it's just you really start to notice the differences between sort of the more, uh, you, you know, European based type cultures, right, like more of the first world as they say and i don't even know what that means anymore i think it's all becoming quite blurred um mm-hmm. but you know when we look at like especially north america and, and us and canada i mean the way things are done here there's there's a lot of rules there's lots of legislation and and uh you know some are okay and some are great some are well we we often scratch our heads saying why <laughs> you know and um, but in those other countries, you'll find that it's very, very different. Now, this is a good thing about travel. So this is actually one of the things we like about travel, except for when you find yourself in a situation. Like <laughs> except <this>. when you're <laughs> broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was just, you know, it was just bad timing because uh, I had a yeah. big tax bill come due. So that would have been taken care of. Anyways, long and short of it, it it's my wife's always like, don't worry, things will be okay. Things will be okay. And we're getting down to the day. We're already a day overdue, you know, with our, our visa stay. And we're like, gosh, okay, we, we've got to reset these visas you know and the craziest thing happened you know like we, we had some locals there that were very supportive of us and understanding and you know because we lived in an area in bali uh, that's not so touristy it's it's actually mm-hmm. we lived down a um it was a, a one-way street but we were down at the end of one of the alleys within this the sort of cul-de-sac area and uh, we lived amongst all the locals all the balinese and we loved it we, we loved that you know i mean we wake up there's chickens and rooster <laughs> there's like you know just it's awesome i mean it's just mm-hmm. such a, an interesting place to be especially coming from you know a, a metropolitan area like vancouver canada uh to all of a sudden find ourselves submerged within this very different culture um with lots of different norms but so kind and you know what the craziest thing was is money doesn't even come on the radar now everyone needs money to, to sort of support themselves but when you look at these families and, and, you know, in how we compare to what we have to live off of in say North America, you know, our cost of living much, much higher, but here in this country in, in seeing the level of happiness and connection between family members and generational family. Like, I mean, those great grandparents, mm-hmm. grandparents, parents, kids, like all in sort of one little uh, complex, you know, and, and supporting each other and everyone contributes to the family and they're always smiling. 
And I was like, you know what, there, there's something to this, you know, and this also spurned my interest in the blue zones and, and diving into some of that because, uh, you know, these people like they look a lot younger than they actually are as well. Like some of these grandparents, I'm like, I was one lady's like in her 90s. And I swear she I thought she was like in her 60s, you know, and I'm like, wow, that that is impressive, you know, and it's but they've lived their entire life, not with a lot of stuff, but with a lot of deep connection deep sense of purpose, community, family yeah. ties, yeah. values, yeah. you know, all these things that actually don't cost money. It's almost like we have the money and we have the material things. And at least I'll speak for the U.S. Yeah. We don't yeah. have that good sense of community. Mm. I agree with you. You know, I, I think there's pockets where we see it. You know, there's always going to be the outliers. Right. But if you look at sort of the norm today, you, you know, we talked about time quite a bit before we we started you know, the formal conversation today when you hit record yeah. and some of those comments you made about time is, is very much also overlapping these, this cultural difference, you know, the way they perceive time. I mean, we joke about it, living in Bali, it's an Island and, and everyone works on Island time there. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and it's, or as you know, in some of the more Caribbean type islands, they call it rubber time. Right. And it's just like, it stretches and it shrinks and it stretches and yeah. Yeah. no one really pays attention to it. I know? mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's like that here too. When I house. mean, God forbid somebody would show up on time around here. <laughs> You know, and um, and the businesses um, almost have it's strange because it's so different from the Northeast <laughs> culture, but the businesses here almost don't even care. Wow, you know, Isn't that cool. I mean, that's like, different. Yeah, it's like they're like, okay, I got enough business. I don't need to be working twenty four seven. I need to take the holidays off. I remember when I found my dentist when I first moved here and he was closed during Christmas. Like the, like, I think it was a week or two. And I was shocked and I was like, what do you mean you're closed for two weeks around Christmas? What if someone needs a root canal? You know, I was like, but he was just like, this is my time off. And I got to know him. He's a pretty cool guy. And uh, he's like, this is, and it's just that. And I think that's good. I, I do as well. You know, I yeah. do believe that, that we have to be able to set our own boundaries. And even as, you know, and I know as entrepreneurs, people that own our own businesses, it, that's where it can be really challenging as an entrepreneur. Yes, it's totally. understanding, you know, I, that's what I always struggled with, you know, was, was the boundaries and setting boundaries. Because yeah. it's, you could go 24-7. And I even had a mentor. I remember one of my first business mentors. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I just, I want to be an entrepreneur because I, I, I'll have control of my own time. You know, I'll be able to do what I want when I want. And he's like, well, I don't want to break your bubble or anything, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there is an upside to what you're talking about. You're only going to have to work half time. I'm like, really? Half time? Uh, like, awesome. I'm thinking like 20 hours a week, right? And he goes, no, 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 no. Either the first 12 or the last 12 hours of the day, <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, and he was right. <laughs> you know, it was like this, this constant, cause the brain's always going, you're always thinking about different things and different ways yep. to, to, yep. to, to, to support your business. I'm thinking of new oh. things, you know, that it's, I want to do yeah. down the pike oh. and never stops. Like, right. Never stops. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of an idea person. Yeah. So I, I like to think of new ideas. Like if, if anybody out there needs ideas, I've got <laughs> a million of them. Like That's I'm an idea person. 
you're tapped into that that energy you know that creative yeah. that creative underlying energy yeah i guess there, it is creative know? isn't it, it is oh very much so and I, i'm yeah, really big so. into yeah. troubleshooting like mm-hmm. talking kind of talking things out loud and wow. bouncing off ideas i think that's really effective it is. I, well, yeah. I think that open dialogue is a great way to organize our own thoughts. Sometimes just bouncing off somebody else just to, to be a sounding board, you know, and, yeah. and ask the right questions. Because I think it often boils down to questions, you know, it's yes. what questions do we ask ourselves and what questions are we being asked? Uh, because that's how we gain clarity. And once we've got clarity, we become more confident. And when we're more confident, we procrastinate less and we take more action, you know, yeah. which... So if you are an entrepreneur, you have to be really disciplined about your time. Um, Mm -hmm. but here's the thing. This is how I approach it. I try (laughs) not to work on the weekends, Mm -hmm. although I can't avoid it sometimes Mm -hmm. because some of my classes are scheduled on the weekends because people Mm -hmm. work during the week, but I try to focus on what I feel like doing, Mm -hmm. you know, what I feel inspired to do. So I do that every day. You know, like I may use, I have a calendar and it looks kind of nuts, but I change stuff on my calendar all the time. I'll be like, I'm not doing that today. I'm going to move that tomorrow. Or, you know, I feel like working on my book today. So that's what I did this morning, plus all the other little stuff that, you know, you got to do. But yes, that's kind of what I want to focus on right now. And I think that's good that you know because that helps you it will help support flow states as well right like yes. doing things that we enjoy we mm-hmm. lose track of time anyways mm-hmm. and we just we do it and and the problem with that it's extremely challenging to stay and flow <sighs> with the kind of culture that we have mm-hmm. you know with mm-hmm. the email and the social media and the messages and mm-hmm. the texting and um the stopping and starting all the time i mean mm. that is just gets in the way of the flow you know yeah. just having to stop and do everyday things like gotta go pick up my child now from school so i can't work on this anymore right now that's right, right? Yeah. i think that's why i enjoy like doing stuff at 11 p.m at night <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I, and that's not me. I'm uh, I, I like my sleep, so I'm I'm usually in bed already a couple hours by that point. So it's uh... oh my god, I'm impressed. Well, I've always been a night owl, so I think I do my best thinking at late at night. Yeah, and then it's all quiet. There's you know everybody's asleep. You know they're not texting me or messaging me, so I can right. focus better. But like you, I have to wake up early too, so I can't indulge on that most of the year. Summertime, yeah. It's a little easier when the summer, when the daylight hours are longer too. At least that's what I find. I find <laughs> it's it's I'm, I'm very stimulated by the sun, by the light, and uh, I, I love it. You know, I like longer days. So well, now you're, li- you're here, living in the wrong place <laughs> trust me that's one of the things i loved about bali it was 12 hours of light 12 hours a night like it was like so close to the equator there it was like half and half all the time yeah. you didn't ever deviate you know they, they don't recognize yeah, the savings awesome. time or anything like that it was it was really cool i did enjoy that and um so oh, let's long, go long and short go. wait i gotta finish that story oh yeah wait, uh, i'm gonna bring you knows. back i'm gonna bring so, you so, back okay we're in bali and you're out of money <laughs> and you've got to leave and so what happens next well you know 
I'm the kind of guy that, and, and this is, I recognize that this is something I've been working really hard on. It, when it comes to asking for help and that act of vulnerability, I, I, I struggle with it. And I should say, I have struggled with it. I've become much better, especially these last five years, because uh, I've, I've had a lot of intentionality around wanting to become more vulnerable and being able to be more open and authentic with people. You know, as, as a man who, who identifies as a man and, and uh, you know, someone that's in his 40s now, uh, I believe that, you know, over the last five years, it was a skill I, I felt deep down I needed. And I felt like I didn't really... I missed out on a lot of things because of that lack of vulnerability. Do you know what I mean? Like really yeah. lack, you know, I missed out on opportunities to, to even get to know my kids even deeper in certain things, certain situations. You know, Do you think that, that um, males are more likely to be that way? They don't reach out for help as much or yeah. feedback yeah. or advice in general? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, again, I think there's some cultural relevance the, to this and it depends on what cultures we're referring to because I know some cultures the men are very open and very supportive and also not afraid to ask for help but they often tend to come from very tight-knit communities also strong religious views or, or mm -hmm. uh, community initiatives that that brings everybody together as well but they also have very very strong family values I, I you know when I've, I've gone deep on this stuff I've been running men's groups for for years now it's what my TEDx talks about you know is, is yeah. my journey to discover more vulnerability and uh you know I, we have to look at how our brains are wired right they're, they're not wired to be happy but they are wired to learn to grow to change to evolve and two of the most effective ways for that to happen is through mentorship and modeling and so if we think about men and and in particular I'm again I'm speaking as a man who identifies as a man and and so anyone that's listening to this please take that into to perspective um mm -hmm. in consideration and because this may not be true for everyone but from what i've observed personally as well as observed just through my years a lot of men it, when we look at our role models and the people that we associate with and we look at the habits of those individuals and how they cope with with very hard conversations and tough situations and challenges we don't always have the greatest tools or resources to deal with those. And if you look at these groups, like myself, I was in a group and I looked at the people that I associated with and I spent the most amount of time with. And the way I dealt with any sort of overwhelm, anxiety, stress was the same way a lot of them did. We'd have some beers. We'd go play golf. Yeah. We'd, we'd hang out on the 19th hole, you know, as they say. And, and, we drink more and we'd have really empty conversations and right yeah you know pardon my, my my french but bitch fests you know just complaining about situations in our lives and spouses and kids and like just it was not positive and yet this was just the norm because this is how me and my group of associates had been we're just modeling the things that were taught to us mm -hmm. and this is a generational thing and it it takes it's, it's been generations where this kind of habit or lack of mentorship and, and positive role modeling. And, and because of that depletion and those, those, those acts, if you will, and that, that way of showing up for other men, it, I mean, we're left just trying our best, trying to navigate this as best we can. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the old uh, cliches or stigmas, you know, real men don't cry. Like, I mean, we hear these, right? We think, God, I, hate, I hate that. I, so me too much. thank you thank you tina cry you know, like, cry cry uh, even the women 
the women like they come in and we're talking about really emotional things my clients and mm -hmm. i'm like please i'm telling you now you have the green light to cry if you'd like yes. i've got a box of tissues <laughs> this is a safe place for you just i said this is your release this is how you are releasing things so this is all about healing and so we're here to help you heal whatever that may be so Bettina, that space that you create for, for women and men alike, it's not, I mean, I believe everyone should have access to that kind of a space, that kind of an energy, that kind of a support. But when you look at the world, and, and I hate to bring this up, but, but it's a big part of my mission is, is to inspire role models, to inspire people that can role model and mentor the next generation in a positive, constructive way that allows us all to evolve, allows the world to evolve. And, you know, it all starts with us, you know, and, and what you're doing in that space that you're providing to have these authentic conversations of things just to naturally flow. It's not like we're trying to run away or suppress emotions. We're trying to better understand and learn from them. But yes. also, mm -hmm. sometimes you just got to let them go. You know, it, it's especially when those negative things bottle up in us. And, you know, I became much more in tune to this. My father passed five years ago from pancreatic cancer and and that was challenging but meanwhile we'd already transitioned away from our careers we had this luxury uh i shouldn't say luxury of time but we had a freedom of time you know because we didn't actually have a place that we needed to be at any given time as long as we had an internet connection we could work so we went back to toronto and we spent the last six months with my father you know at least around him during that sort of end of life process so i feel very grateful and it's it's funny how the universe works because had i still been in my career i wouldn't have had that ability or opportunity Mm -hmm. And, and so it's like, things happen for a reason, you know, and, and we're always trying to, to, to think about that, you know, and, and it's like, what is the meaning of this? Like, what, what are we, what's, what's being told to us right now? What is the story I'm supposed to be listening to? And my father wasn't a vulnerable man, you know, and he was raised, you know, by his parents and his parents, you know, I remember him once telling me, he, he doesn't recall them ever saying to him, I love you. And my dad would tell us I love loving to, to my brother and I, but it was always just in passing very quickly and sort of like, you know, like you're about to hang up the phone. Okay, I love you. Bye. Yeah. You know, so it was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like that sort of a thing. It, it was, but that was him at, at his best being able to communicate that, you know, like he was trying, he was trying, but, you know, he grew up in a culture where that just wasn't, you know, men didn't espouse that. We didn't say that. We, 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 we don't cry. We don't show emotion. My father was very stoic. You know, very controlled when it came to emotions. Even when he would get angry, he was really good at bridling that, you know, to, to, to sort of try to keep it in control. Now, that could be a negative too, you know, mm -hmm. bottling up all those emotions. And I know there's a lot of, um, you know, if you read a book called Radical Remissions, you know, it talks about these 1400 cases of people that chose to, to fight various stages of cancer, but doing it natural ways, like anything but modern day medicine. And, you know, mm -hmm. 1,400 of these cases, they all went into remission. But when they actually answered all the surveys and, and really dove deep and the, the, the doctors and the researchers said, well, what were you doing to then, you know, work through and get into a remission with your cancer? And people gave all the details. Of all these 1,400 cases, there was nine commonalities from person to person to person. They all did at least these nine of the same things. And they're things that don't cost money. But they're things that do require a certain level of vulnerability and honesty and openness. Some of these things meaning releasing negative emotions. Also getting support to manage emotions. 
also developing a, a deeper sense of, of your person, yourself, and your reason for being here, you know, so that sort of stems off of something called logotherapy. Dr. Victor Frankel who wrote Men's Search for Meaning. He talks a lot about this, finding the meaning and purpose in our lives and allow that to guide us through the hard stuff. Nietzsche said, you know, like, hey, with a strong enough why, you can endure anyhow. And, and that, because of this period of my father going through pancreatic cancer and me trying to deal with the grief, and I started to go down all these rabbit holes, you know, looking at regret, looking at death, looking at life, <laughs> you know, and questioning a lot of the things that I was doing, and even looking at my own kids and my relationship with them and my wife. And I realized my lack of vulnerability was the thing holding me back from fully experiencing all those things in a way that was more authentic and connected and present. And so I just needed to get to work. And I, I'm here, I'll be the first one to admit, it's freaking hard, <laughs> okay? It is not easy, mm -hmm. uh, but, but it's worth it, okay? It is worth it. And, um, you know, so for what's that worth, I, I, I invite any man that might be listening to this, you know, don't, don't, don't shy away from it. If you do feel very uncomfortable, don't worry, you're not alone. <laughs> Majority of us men feel that way. But if you find a space that's safe to practice, you know, getting authentic and opening up about some of the things that we hold back and hold in, you'll start to realize that all of us men, as soon as we start opening up about that, everybody else is putting up their hands saying, me too. We're not yeah. alone. Yeah. We are not alone. Most of us are dealing with this, but we never open up about it. So we don't know. We figure, hey, no one gets me. I'm on an island. You know, no one, no one would understand what I'm working through. Why tell anybody? You know, they make judge me, you know, use it against me. Like, ah, oh, man, like it, it's wild, right? With the psychology of this, when you really dive into it. And uh, all I can say is once you get started and, and you start to open up and with a controlled environment where, you know, there's a, a space created to practice this in a way that, you know, nothing bad is going to happen. Everything can change. And it changes really quickly in a positive way. And yes. uh, that's my invitation to men, you know, is like, just, just find a space, find a men's group, you know, yep. find a, and just, just start showing up. You don't have to worry and about if, contributing, just show up, you know? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of my listeners are women. And if you have husbands or yes. brothers, uncles that need help or, you know, point them, go find die online and, <laughs> point them in that direction. You know, sometimes it takes a couple of times of keeping mentioning something like your, your wife did with the, Hey, we can travel. This is doable. So it takes some effort, but being vulnerable and open with your feelings with practice is going to get easier. The more you practice Correct. it. Well said, Tina. That's absolutely right. Absolutely. And, uh, Hey, don't get me wrong. There's still moments where it's tough to have those conversations. It is. I mean, I'm not here to say it gets easy, um, but it becomes more manageable and you start to realize, you know, nothing bad happens truthfully when I, when I open up it, yeah. to people that deserve my openness. And, and I, I want to make sure I really specify that uh, this idea and, and Brene Brown talks about this quite extensively and, and she speaks to this really well from a business and professional perspective, you know, vulnerability in the workplace and companies and, and organizations. And I think it's wonderful, but it, she also speaks to it and touches on, on the individual. And, you know, she says vulnerability is not meant for shock and awe. It's not something to say, hey, look at me, <laughs> you know, like, this is what I'm working through. Aren't I awesome? Like, it, that, is, <laughs> that is the wrong motivation. And that's not truly vulnerability. You know, mm -hmm. that's, 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 as far as I'm concerned, smoke and mirrors and misguided vulnerability. And, but we see a lot of that. 
a lot of that. I mean, just open up Instagram. I mean, it's a filter of this, you know, and vulnerability is earned. It's not deserved. Like it's not a right. It is earned just like trust. And not everyone is entitled to, to our vulnerability. They aren't. Right. Mm-hmm. And we, we do have to have a certain layer of protection there. We can't just be open and honest with everybody we meet. We have to hold back, you know, and why? Because we just, you got to know someone, you know, you at least, or at least be in a space where you know that this is the container and this is what everybody here in this container has now agreed to. But imagine if everybody knew how to create that container. Mm. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh my God, we'd live in heaven. I think we would we would be there. Well, Everybody the oh, was yeah, safe right. to share and oh. be honest and be heard and validated. Oh, right? Man. That would be awesome. And <laughs> and you know what? The world would get better, you know, because you know what? I look at uh and, and hey. <laughs> any men listening to this i'm not like a man hater don't get me wrong i'm a man okay and i like men i have a lot of really good male friends and male communities and so this isn't to be male bashing but i look at most of the challenges in the world today and it's typically men sitting at the head of those tables mm-hmm. I, i'm just saying I get, it's just look at the world look at all the organizations all the government institutions you know like just the lawmakers, the law enforcers, I mean, it is male dominant. And so what we're talking about right now, Tina, between you and I, I mean, it's a massive systemic change required. And I, I honestly feel this is my optimism probably shining through, but I believe that it, the world's changing. It is becoming more open and people are becoming more in tune with this conversation that you and I are talking about. Now, it's not at a, any critical mass point at all. But that's why I love creators like yourself, you know, creating spaces for these conversations to happen organically, authentically, but also to get out to the masses, you know, because we just got to start having the conversation, let people know there is a different way of doing things than we've been doing them. Right. And quite frankly, I think it's healthier, you know. Um, yeah. And the so, information yeah. is out there. Oh, gosh. Is it ever? Yeah. Yeah. Everything's out there. Uh, the answer uh, is out there. The answer you're looking for. <laughs> I feel like you know, watching the episode, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just you yeah. just gotta try different things. You have to experiment, you know. Yeah. So back to Bali again. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so so here we are in Bali, and my wife's always like, and we're getting down to the wire here, right? We're already like a day into it, but you can usually get two or three days. Like if you get there within two or three days, the visa expired. They're usually really cool, but they'll just wait beyond. Otherwise, they do start to charge it's about 100 bucks a day you know so it starts at per person per infringement so mm-hmm. you can imagine a family of four i mean we're looking at 400 a day that every time that we we delay leaving the country and because we're stressed we're like we leave the country but how the heck do we get back in because mm-hmm. we had a flight booked like we had our flights we had all that but we wouldn't have any money like we get over there to the other side we got no way to nowhere to stay nowhere to get a flight back like we're like, oh my gosh, you know, like, do we call family? Because we knew we could do that. But then the turnaround time of that sometimes, it, it, this is the problem with international banking, especially in, in you know, more developing countries. It's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to sometimes get money in, but also to get money out once you've got it in. And um, as much as we have all these great tech, when you're there, um, you start to realize cash is still king. 
Yeah, people want paper. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they don't want a piece of plastic. They don't because also a lot of the markets place like they don't take credit card. They don't take any like it's cash only. You know, it's still how a lot of the culture operates. And so we're a little bit stressed out. Uh, my wife's like, "Don't worry, something's gonna happen. We're, we're we're always fine. The money always just shows up." And I'm like, "Give me a break." You're like, okay, Chris, <laughs> like you know me. I'm just like, come on. I'm being a bit of a realist. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I think you're nuts, and it's not gonna happen. And da, da, da. I just felt myself having this little pity party. And of course, we're both trying to be positive so the kids don't pick up on any of this sort of fearful yeah. energy. And uh, yep. so we're very mindful of that. And anyways, it, it, within 12 hours, it, it was the craziest thing, but I had a new client sign up and send me payment. I didn't even know it was coming. I had no idea. Just showed up, cleared my credit card. <laughs> and all of a sudden we had this, this means all, all within about a 24 hour period. And I'll just say like, and I'm bringing this up, not to say like, wow, you know, look at us. I mean, we made it work, but it was this very weird moment for me because I started to really believe what my wife was saying, like her perspective. I started to adopt more of that. That was the moment where I was like, okay, we've had these kind of things happen to us in the past, but the fact that it happened right now when we need it, it, like it just, it made me start to realize that, you know what? maybe there is something greater at work here. Maybe there is something to this idea of, of positive thinking and, and being more optimistic and not going down the path of fear all the time as an instant response to when things aren't going right. Mm-hmm. Because that is, I, I, I'm being honest here, you know, like that was one of my defaults, you know, that's where I would go. When things are good, they're great. When they're not, Oh, I can get into a pretty dark place sometimes. But when they're not, how bad is it really? Exactly. Thank you, Tina. And that is a perspective I've been adopting for the last five years and working on it very diligently to change that perspective of myself. And I like to say that I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. You know, I, so I, I always like, I'm there. <laughs> I like the, I think big. So I think about how the universe works, you know, and how we're interacting with the higher mm. power or, or source or creator. That's what I yes. call it. And that we're always interacting with this energy mm. and it's always interacting with us and communicating with us. It's just, we haven't been taught to communicate effectively or understand the signs. But once you start paying attention, wow, like magical stuff starts happening. And you know what? And when this listening to Tina right now, she's 100% correct. Like, and I know we could say, yeah, whatever. It's just wishful thinking. It's coincidences. No, I have years it, and uh, years and tons of evidence. And yeah. I could talk about this all day. And, and I so it. I always say that me and the universe are working together where we're it's sometimes we're in sync I think most of the time we're in sync I just don't have the knowledge of why things aren't working you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying but yeah. yesterday I I was with a friend and we're very deep when we get together and it's it almost feels like destiny when we're talking about things that are happening right now to us or to Mm -hmm. the planet and we both feel right now and this is being recorded in September 2022 that things are percolating behind Mm -hmm. the scenes Mm -hmm. and we're wanting things to move faster or change like we want a 
definite answer, but we yes. can't get it right now because it's in the works. Mm. But will the wonderful thing about being in that energy is you're going to get an answer eventually. You just have to be patient. So let's not worry about it. Let's not focus on it. Let's not freak out. It's just in the works and we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. You and my wife speak the same language. I know. I need to meet your wife. (laughs) Like we sound like we have a lot in common. Definitely. Yeah. Sim- similar uh, perspective. And uh, you just see the, the deeper meaning in things, which is beautiful. You know, it really is a beautiful way to look at the world. But uh, I know some people might believe that it's naivety, but I, I really don't feel that way. I just feel it's someone that's really in tune with themselves and, and they're present to their own life. And, you know, it, it, there, there's a value in trusting that things are going to work out. You know, like things they usually always do. work out. I ask do. people, I've yeah. asked people this question many times. Do you believe the universe has your back? <laughs> wow. What do they say? Some say yes. Most say no. And I said, well, I will tell you that it does, but you have to communicate to the universe what you want. And if yes. you are focusing on doomsday scenarios and everything that can go wrong, you're telling the universe that's what you want. So where do you want to put your energy into what you want or what you don't want? Mm-hmm. I love it. Pretty easy answer, I think. I can put it into yeah. the positive. <laughs> yeah. yeah I and um, it sort of comes back to that, that idea of confirmation biases too, right? Like we have a lot of beliefs and, and certain understanding based on the lives that we lived and all those different inputs that we've encountered throughout that lifespan. But how often do we challenge what we believe? And mm-hmm. I, I don't think we challenge it that much, at least majority of people. You know? Yeah, and or well, figure I, out where it came from yeah. and then ask yourself, and here's the asking questions. Does this belief really serve me? Is it helping me? And and if it's not, maybe I need to let it go and find another belief. That's right. It's so true. I, I mean, it sounds overly simplistic when we talk about this openly like this. And, and I'm sure there's people like, wow, it sounds just really easy. And it, well, it is the actual process of doing it. But it's what do you do once you acknowledge that? You know, because I, I love to hear your idea on that too. Because as much as you get to that place, it's like, no, this isn't serving me. I do need to let this go and replace it with something else. But that is where I find most people struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, is the actual rewiring of a new belief and and really coming to understanding that maybe the old belief, as much as we want to let it go, I mean, if it's a habit and and something that's hardwired, it's it's challenging, isn't it? Like to to yeah. really truthfully get to a new place where it's like. I don't believe that anymore, you know, like, especially when it's stuff about ourselves, right? That self-perception yeah. belief, the, the beliefs of our own value. And, oh man, you know, I, I was morbidly obese as a teenager. And, and from age nine to 14, I was like putting weight on so much. And my health was like just dwindling. And, uh, you know, I was very isolated and depressed, uh, dealing with a lot of social anxiety also as a result. And, um, you know, I didn't believe I had any value to offer. I really didn't. And I had positive people in my life then trying to tell me differently, but I just didn't believe anybody. I believed my own belief. And I always looked for reasons to, to validate those beliefs, you know, like to prove myself right, 
see, I'm a zero value. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you see that person teased me at school. I thought it was my friend, but I knew it. I knew they weren't my friend. I knew they didn't like me, you know, like, and mm -hmm. just going down these like deep holes of, of justifying these negative beliefs I had about myself. And when it came time to change, I was just more afraid of staying as I was than I was of the idea of changing, you know, and just to reiterate this, most of the time we, when we become so afraid of not changing, sometimes that's when we're really truly ready to make the biggest changes. And, and I know it's kind of fear-based. I mean, not kind of, it is, it's fear. We're kind of in a way running away from a potential future if we don't make changes, but that's what motivated me. You know, the idea of, of life getting worse if I don't start to take action decisively mm -hmm. and purposefully mm -hmm. and, and learn to ask for some help and support from people within around me because I didn't have any idea how to do by myself either. And, uh, but I'll just, I'm bringing this up because I'll, I'll, I know there's a lot of people that get to a certain place and it's lonely and we don't believe there's any way out of it, but there is, there always is. And, yeah. uh, and I'm curious, like, what do you, what are your thoughts on how people can start to, you know, rewire a new belief, especially when it comes about themselves? Because, you know, I'm just, I'm really fascinated by what you do, because I know you work so in tune with people's energy and sort of that, that internal driver, those intrinsic emotions that make us up who we are, right? And, and I just yeah. love your perspective on that. Well, one way to get out of that is ask your friends and family. Mm -hmm. I have this belief about myself. Mm -hmm. um, is it true? Do you see myself being this way or... You know, you need perspective because we get stuck in our own heads oh too much. Yeah. And that's where reaching out is such a beautiful thing, mm. you know, because and you want to ask the people that love you, you know, yes. not, not, <laughs> not the toxic people in your life. You want to ask those friends that that, you know, love you and believe in you and just be honest and say, I have this belief, but. You know, I'm not sure it's true or not, but do you see me being this way? And they'll probably say no. Mm -hmm. Or they'll say yes, but, <laughs> you know, with some nuances. But with beliefs, you just have to practice. So we have this running conversation in our, in our heads all the time, right? <laughs> and and I, I used to go down the dark rabbit hole you know and and this is something I learned mm -hmm. from one of my parents and I decided I didn't want to do that anymore so when I was practicing I would go down that dark track and I'll go and I had this little pep talk to myself yeah. Tina we are not gonna go there today mm. and I would even say I cancel clear delete that thought uh, like I'm yeah. communicating with the universe and it just heard it and I said wait a minute I didn't mean that I'm clearing that I'm deleting that and then I would replace it with what I want to happen sure and I did this consistently and you have to be patient with yourself because you're not going to be really good at it in the beginning especially if you have monkey mind but yes. with practice you're going to get better and now I don't even go there. I don't. That's great. I don't even go there. That's not my default anymore. You know, if something happens that like, you know, shakes me up or, you know, I go, well, I wasn't meant to be there or I wasn't meant to talk to that person that day or that wasn't the right timing or, 
And I leave it up to that universe who's so wise and knows everything that they're taking care of things in my best interest. Powerful. I love that. <laughs> and how long did it take to get to that new place now where you're, you're default? Like, what would you say is like, how long do you think? Cause I, I love the people's debate. Oh, it takes X amount of days to form a new habit. or to yeah. I, it, There's no actual number that's accurate. It's all different. And it, it all could be absolutely correct. I, I would say probably a couple of years, yeah. you know, a couple of years and Something. you just have, it, it takes awareness and yes. you, you have to stop yourself hmm. from defaulting to the bad habit of thinking negatively. And, you know, I have a friend we're very much alike, but she tends to go dark, hmm. you know? And I said, I, I know I can't explain this to you, but I told her, I don't believe that's going to happen. I really don't believe it. Like in my heart, if I go within and I feel what our future is like, I'm not worried. That's the only thing I can say I'm not worried. That comfort her? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes I, you know, I've had similar conversations with, with some people and uh, over, you know, my lifetime. And um, I, I know as sometimes people are so far down that rabbit hole, so to speak, you, you know, like they just, as much as they want to believe it, I find that they just can't allow themselves to believe it, you know, like, and it's almost like they're choosing not to allow, like, even though they know that's yeah. a choice to see it differently, but they just, there's comfort in, in feeling sure about something. Like I, I almost equate it to like emotional eating, you know, like for myself, I was an emotional eater. I, I ate my stress and anxiety. And it just, it was the one thing I felt I had absolute control on in my life was at that period. And, and I, I and it was just, I knew it was something that was negative. I knew it was something that was creating more grief for me personally, emotionally, physically, uh, spiritually, like this, this weight that kept going on and on in this, this sort of self, I, I was self-sabotaging, right? Like I just nonstop. Yeah. And, uh, but there was comfort in that because I felt I was in control of it. And, and I think there's a lot of negative and toxicity within many of our lives. And it's easy to, to see that as being comfortable because at least we know it. Right. It's like, I know this, I know this negative right. feeling like it's, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's an illusion of control. First of all, right. you're not in control yeah. of anything. So <laughs> let it go. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, we're yeah. only at best managing yeah. what's going to happen. And that's why great manage it, you know, put your energy into what you want to happen, work on your dreams and goals. Great. But be open because mm. things change and things change fast. Sure. And so that's why I like that concept of the creator kind of knows everything and is manufacturing everything in your best interest. Because we don't know as humans on the planet, this planet, we are very forgetful. So we don't know everything. And I don't think we can know everything because it would be overwhelming. So you just have to trust, you know, or have faith that things will turn out. 
I like it. I, I love how you, you make it sound so simple. And I, <laughs> believe me, like I'm of the same mind now, but I can tell you when I was going through some of my biggest challenges, uh, it's hard to stay positive at times, you know? Like it, yeah. it is a choice. It's a choice. Just mm-hmm. like anything else. Like happiness But if you're choice, going through you know? hard times, this would be my advice. Mm-hmm. Really go into your feelings, but don't get stuck in that dark place. So if you, if you lose someone you love, grieve. If something sad happens to you, be sad. If something pisses you off, be angry. But don't stay there forever. Yes. And if you really feel those feelings and allow those feelings to come up, they won't stay. They can't stay if you fully felt into them. But if you resist it and put it off and deny it, it's going to stay with you until it kicks you in the butt and says, feel me. Feel me because you're ignoring me. (laughs) Feel me, feel into it, and then move through it. Sage advice. It's good. I like it. It's good. I know. So you've done a lot of things and, and right now tell the audience kind of what you specialize in. Cause we kind of touched on it a little bit with the, with the males and your groups and making changes, I guess, are you the change expert? Um, so tell us, uh, you know, tell the audience how, what you what you're good at, what you're working on, and how to get in contact with you. Well, thanks, Tina. I, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I, I like having conversations with people, and, and I like meeting people where they're at. But the biggest thing that really gives me great fulfillment in life and, and brings a lot of joy and happiness to me is this idea of helping people create the results that they most want. And sometimes those are physical, sometimes they're emotional, sometimes they're spiritual. Um, but more often than not, it, it just has to do with their life and what's a priority versus what isn't. And sometimes it's just realigning. We have to realign what it is that we're passionate about and, and what we feel is our purpose. And then we just have to align with the process, right? There's a lot of P's there. I like alliteration, by the way. <laughs> uh, so, you know, because passion and purpose, if you can, you know, really harness those and get clear on where those are going or pulling you more appropriately, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of aligning with the right process. Because chances are there's people that have done similar things and achieved similar things, and they did certain things to achieve that. And, and you know, we're no different than those people. We're all very much alike. And things are repeatable. And, and so long and short of it, I, I like, I've been doing 28 years of fitness, nutrition, and mindset coaching and, and mentorship for individuals, both personally and professionally. So, so the businesses, organizations, teams, but, but I get most excited to have the one-on-one conversations with individuals, you know, because that's where huge impact can be made. As much as you can make big changes in groups, it's lovely, but to change an individual and support them with the change, it has that positive ripple effect into an immediate community and family. Oh yeah. I'm sure that gets you excited with your client work too. Right. Yeah. And and so, um, yeah, so I, I I do that, you know, and, and I, and I love it. And, uh, but at the end of the day, I'm just someone that likes to help people have a healthier relationship with change. That's it. You know, it's, it's all our perspective. Like Tina, your perspective on change is beautiful. 
And I know it didn't come there by, by accident. You know, it was based yeah. on how you chose to live your life and how you chose to challenge certain habits and beliefs that were not serving you and holding you back. And, but for all of us, we sometimes need a mentor or someone to speak to, to help us navigate that when we're getting started. Yeah. And, and so on that front, you know, uh, as a, as a fellow uh, guide, I guess, on people's uh, journey, um, you know, you get this, like anybody else, we're, we're guides and we help people, you know, we, yeah. we help them go from A to B to C and then just be like, okay, you're off on your own now. <laughs> like, go, go, do, do, do life and do life well, you know, and, yeah. and, and please, you know, go and spread that love and, and, and excitement to the world. Cause I know that you see in people like I see in people, the potential that often they don't see in themselves. Mm -hmm. Unlock that. That is how the world changes, you know? And, and so that's what I do. And uh, you know, people want to have a conversation, just connect with me on social, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I mean, pretty much all of them. I'm on it. If you can spell my name, you'll find me. Die, D-A-I, Manuel, M-A-N-U-E-L. And and my website, um, I've got about 1700 articles. I've been, I've been writing and publishing my works, you know, at least on my own site, as well as, you know, through, through my publisher and stuff, uh, other or, or publications and stuff. But if you go to my website, there's about 1700 articles over the last 15 years of, of just wow. writing content to help people. Uh, yeah. It is a rabbit hole. I will be the first one to say that it's a rabbit hole. Um, but it's a nice rabbit hole and you'll learn something. And, you know, it, my gear, I'm gearing to inspire, motivate and educate people in a fun way. And that's it. And uh, Tina, you know what? I feel inspired after talking to you today. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for that. It's yeah, uh, I it's, feel it's pumped amazing. up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to uh, do next? <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, you know, the world needs more shows like this, more podcasts, more more content. Yeah, let's let's like talk you. about the real thing. Yeah. Let's talk about. Yeah the odd things, the weird things, the, you know, I mean, the, the regular boring conversations about sport. I mean, I don't even talk about sports, but (laughs) you know, great, great. If you like it, but you know, I want to have real conversations. I want to hear the real deal. I want to hear the authenticity of people. Mm. And, Mm. and I love storytelling and I think we should tell our stories. Yes, I yeah. agree. And thank you for capturing stories, you know, for yeah. the rest of us to, to, to just be that fly on the wall and to, to pick up and learn, you know, that's how we're able to model and be mentored, you know, is indirectly through content like this. So um, yeah. I know it takes a lot of energy and, and a lot of energy to show up and to do this. So, so just want to say thank you. I know there's people listening and watching you and uh, I know they're channeling that energy towards you, but I just want to ver- verbalize it, vocalize it, you know, like, just, just be here to acknowledge you and say thanks. So. Thank you so much. And thanks for sharing your stories with us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneyclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook, and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.